Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel anytime. Guys, are you trying to stay in 20-year-old shape into your 30s and 40s and finding it, well, impossible? Then you need to listen to this. Beachbody, the company that revolutionized getting ripped at home with P90X and Insanity, has a brand new program just for you called Lift 4. It's part lift. It's part hit. With total body shredding results in just 30 to 40 minutes a day, right at home on the Beachbody On Demand app. That's how you get killer results as an adult. Go to Beachbody.com to sign up now and you can try Live 4 for free. That's Beachbody.com. Hello and welcome back to the Space News Pod, a daily podcast about space, science, and tech for the curious mind. Now, this is episode number three of the Dr. David Warmflash interview. He goes into discussion about the space race, um, why we went to the moon, how we went to the moon, and also more about the Luna 2 probe where we left off in the last episode, episode two. So if you haven't Listen to all of them. Go back to episode one. Listen to episode one, two, and now three, and we're going to have another one after this. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the interview with Dr. David Warmflash. The space race was really a race between the United States and the Soviet Union, which was a huge empire dominated by Russia, but also including a lot of other countries around there. And... and this started in 1957 when the Soviet Union orbited the first satellite in space, Sputnik 1. And right after that, just a few weeks later, they launched another satellite, Sputnik 2, which was much more sophisticated, much bigger, and it had a dog. And that really scared people because they thought, wow, they can actually get a living being into space. That means they can send people into space, and if they can send something that heavy, they, they might be able to send nuclear weapons into space and have them orbit. And then in 1959, the Soviet Union got a probe to the surface of the moon, Luna 2. And the, the premier of the Soviet Union, Nikita Khrushchev, knew it would be, it would be touching the moon at that point, And he made sure to be in the United States when when it landed on the moon and he went to iowa to a sausage factory and they were showing him around the sausage factory and there are all these pictures of him eating a sausage and he gives a speech to the american uh, factory workers who made sausages and he said we have beaten you to the moon but you have beaten us in sausage making so he really kind of yeah he really <laughs> rubbed it in the face and <laughs> yeah, so that was the first time. And then about a month later, then there was Luna 3, the next mission, that took a picture of the far side of the moon. And that's the first time that humans ever saw the far side of the moon. And it was very revealing because it looked really different from the near side of the moon. Now, the, the, the resolution of the picture was horrible. If you could put a link to that picture side by side with the near side and, 
and then show it to more recent more recent pictures next to it the, the 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 kids will see wow i mean the transmission technology the resolution and all that was low but it was enough to see that the lunar far side was mostly all highland regions and hardly any mare those dark areas that um we call seas not that they're really bodies of water but they're called seas because a few hundred years ago there was an astronomer who came up with all the names of features on the moon and he thought they were seas and oceans so he called them seas and that's still with us today so this um lander well <clears throat> i guess it landed it crashed it was the space il lander right? all right i'm gonna take a quick break then when i get back there's going to be more about the Space IL lander and how it crashed into the moon right after this. All right, we're back from the break. Now make sure to pick up Dr. David Warmflash's book. It's called Moon, an Illustrated History from Ancient Myths to the Colonies of Tomorrow. It's a really, really cool book, really cool illustrations. It's breathtaking. So pick that up on Amazon. There's a link in the show notes for you. And now back to Dr. David Warmflash and more about the Space IL lander. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The pro, they called it Breshit, which okay. is, um, means uh, in the beginning of. And it's the first word of the, of the Bible in, in the Hebrew uh, Bible, the, the book of Genesis. And so uh, that was, I guess, symbolic of the idea that this is the beginning of the lunar exploration for Israel and for private companies to get into that. It also interestingly refers back to uh, the Apollo program because during the Apollo 8 mission was the first time that, uh, that human beings left Earth's gravitational realm and went into orbit around the moon. And it was a very risky mission. And it happened at the end of 1968, which was a horrible year around the world, and especially in the United States. There were two major assassinations. Oh, well, I mean, every assassination is major, but two assassinations of major, highly visible figures. Martin Luther King in, uh, in April of 68, assassinated on the same day that there was a, a launch, test launch of the Saturn V vehicle, the second time they ever launched a Saturn V. That was the Apollo 6 mission, and it got basically no media attention because several hours later, King was assassinated. So that's not what was on the, the evening news. It was all about the King assassination. And then a couple months later in June, Robert Kennedy was assassinated, the brother of the already assassinated President John Kennedy. And the, the, it was the Tet Offensive in Vietnam, major escalation of Vietnam, and this was what people were thinking about. Everybody knew someone, a family, uh, where there was someone who was killed or injured in Vietnam. The public was not really happy. And then at the end of 1968, three men went to the moon in Apollo 8. They orbited the moon, and it was uh, at Christmas time. And they were told, well, do something appropriate, and they didn't know what to do. And somebody, one of their wives, had found out something appropriate to do, and they they read from they read the, the story of uh, of Genesis, which in Hebrew that's Bereshit. That's the name of the probe that went to the moon. They read it in English, of course, 
when you had these three astronauts reading reading uh, the, the Genesis myth to the whole world, and it was like something that was just really global because everybody, it wasn't the Christmas story that's only going to appeal to just one segment of humanity. It was a much more broadly appealing story. Everybody knows that story. So the time of this recording is May 17th, and tomorrow, May 18th, is when Apollo 10 launched. It returned back to Earth on May 26th. Now, could you inform us a little bit about the Apollo 10 mission? Well, this, this is a mission that gets no love. <laughs> the very the mission that went right before Apollo 11. So what happened here was it was a dress rehearsal. And you had three guys sent to the moon. And this is the first time they had all the equipment that Apollo 11 would have. So the, the missions before that, Apollo 8, went to the moon with a command and service module, which was enough to go to the moon and orbit the moon and come back to Earth, although it was really, really dangerous because there were so many unknowns. It was the first time that a, uh, a command module would be re-entering Earth's atmosphere under the same conditions that you'd be re-entering Earth's atmosphere uh, when you came back from any mission to the moon. They, they didn't do, there was supposed to be a progression mission where they wouldn't go all the way to the moon. They'd go to a very high orbit and they would come back and re-enter the atmosphere at that same velocity that you'd be entering and at the same angle as you're returning from the moon. That's what Frank Borman and his crew were originally supposed to do as Apollo 9 but they were switched to be called Apollo 8 and launched before the mission that would then be called Apollo 9 because the, the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA, got some photographs showing what looked to be like a massive rocket in the Soviet Union that looked like the Soviet Union was going to send uh, people uh, on a circumlunar flight, to send people around the moon. So they, they went off the planning charts. There was no plan for any mission like this and said, Borman and crew, how about you guys go to the moon in, in the end of 1968? And so they did it. But the lunar excursion module wasn't ready yet. So that made it even more dangerous because that could have been a lifeboat if anything had happened, as, as it actually did become a lifeboat on the later mission of Apollo 13. Those astronauts had to use the lunar module as a lifeboat. Um, and then Apollo 9 was in low Earth orbit, but with a lunar excursion module. So there was a lot of testing on that. And then Apollo 10, they had a lunar excursion module and they went to the moon. And so you had three guys on that mission. You had the commander, Thomas Stafford. You had the command module pilot, John Young, who would stay in the command module. And then you had... Gene Cernan as the lunar module pilot. And the idea was to, to get everything ready. Cernan and Stafford were to fly the lunar module down to an altitude almost to eight nautical miles, which is about the same altitude of any typical commercial passenger flight flying, say, from New York to LA. You'd be at that altitude. Imagine going down from lunar orbit to that altitude, you've got your lunar excursion module, and your mission is to fly over the area where two months later, 
Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin would be landing, and you're supposed to scope out the territory and collect data and then go back and never land on the moon. That's what they did. Imagine Queen Isabella sending Columbus across the ocean. Say, get as close as you can to the land, but don't land. Might be pretty tempting to land if you were those, those guys in the lunar module, but they didn't. Now that's going to wrap up this episode of the Space News Pod. You can check out Dr. David Warmflash, his book on Amazon. It's called Moon and Illustrated History from Ancient Myths to the Colonies of Tomorrow. Great read, amazing photos. Go check it out if you have any interest in the moon at all. It's very thorough, very, very cool. And of course, I'll link it in the show notes so you can check it out. Now, I have another podcast I want you guys to check out. It's called Wayfair, W-A-Y-F-A-R-E. I'm going to link it in the show notes as well. It's going to be a long form style. Um, It's a podcast about people with curious minds, basically. If you have a curious mind, you want to learn things every day. doesn't have to be about space. doesn't have to be a science or tech or anything like that. That's for this podcast. The other podcast, Wayfair, is for the wanderer, for the wandering mind that... Like myself, I want to learn about everything. I want to know about the Earth. I want to know about the people on the Earth. I want to know about space, of course, because we're on the Space News Pod. But there's everything in between. And of course, there is going to be space stuff. So it's going to be a long form kind of space thing as opposed to the short ones. So if you're interested in that, it'll be in the show notes. It's called Wayfair, W-A-Y-F-A-R-E. So thank you so much for subscribing to the Space News Pod. And thank you for taking the time out of your day to spend it here with me. I'm your host, Will Walden, and I will see you soon. Want to tell your employees or clients how much you appreciate them? Stand out from the competition with the best gift ever. Minky Couture Luxury Blankets are the best gift ever for appreciation and recognition to say thank you every day of the year for a job well done. For every member of your team, share your warmth. Show them you care with Minky Couture Luxury Blankets, the best gift ever. Shop now at softminkyblankets.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.